Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. Well, welcome to season three, um, third episode of Three Little Things podcast. I can't quite believe we're here, um, but I'm very excited to be here. Um, So Lily and I thought we would just do a bit of an intro episode into what we expect um, season three to include, what we're excited about delivering to you guys in season three, Um, but also I guess just taking a moment to appreciate what we've done in season one and two, all the incredible guests and information that we've been able to give to you guys and the resource bank of episodes that we're starting to collect in our podcast channel. So we're really excited and we're really appreciative of you guys for being listeners and coming back. Um, each episode and also giving us some beautiful feedback about what you're learning in our episodes. So as we sit here and sip on our fresh juices, Lily and I are going to, um, I guess, introduce you to season three. So Lily, can you believe it? Well, here we are. Yeah. So it's been quite a rapid journey, Sarah. And when we first did it, well, when I first did it, I just thought, okay, now I'm frustrated because we were getting such bad news in the media and people were being told what to think, not how to think. So this is late last year. Um, but I must say that frustration has given way now to optimism. I just really feel there's a climate out there where people are starting to think um, more broadly about their health and more completely, so widely and deeply. So rather than being told um, what to think, there people are starting to look for themselves as to to what would benefit their health in general. So we began the whole idea of um, the triad of health, which I know is not original, but we've been using it um, quite a lot with um, all our episodes and with all our patients. The triad basically really is physically how we are aligned skeletally, um, how we're all put together. Um, The other um, branch of the triad is biochemically. So in the past, we've had some amazing guests talking to us about their um, biochemical approach to to health. And you can go back into season one to find out about um, Charity. Her name is Charity King from Freshwater and how to hack the body's cortisol levels, how to get the best out of nutrition and so on. And incidentally, we're having Charity back again. And of course, the third um, branch of the health is is mental, emotional, and I guess maybe spiritual health. And we've had some amazing guests regarding that as well. It began with um, Billy Traculia, who was our education expert. We've had um, Jules Preston, who was our psychologist. And then we will have others coming up this next um, season. We also tried to introduce various magazine words, and I think um, they're starting to gain some traction. So we're getting a lot of people now understanding what sympathetic nervous system is, um, what parasympathetic nervous system is, um, the, the vagal system, upregulate, downregulate, um, the cerebellum. We've used even words like homunculus, and people aren't raising their eyebrows too much anymore. So that's good. So we've had a lot of interesting um, different responses too because we first began it I thought we might get say one or two or (laughs) ten downloads from our best friends who felt obliged to listen or family but um we've had yeah yeah. thousands really yeah Yeah. and And from all around the world too. I know so so we don't want to go for um world domination at all we're just very happy to keep it um very niche 
um, and stick firm to our philosophy. So we're just really happy that we've actually had you know ten listeners or more. <laughs> So, so today, basically, uh, Sarah will give us a case study which will, which will help us to see how this triad actually works um, in practice. So it'll be a, a fun, interesting case. But just to carry on a little bit more, because um, I love to sound my own voice, um, we've already uh, taped a few guests for the future, and we actually took a pause between season two and season three to more or less reflect upon how we'd go forward with this, what we actually really wanted for um, our audience. And we did decide, we actually wanted sort of, um, to steal the word, a sort of um, Epicurean approach or, or how to live well approach. And so we began to speak to people who we thought would be really interesting. And we've interviewed uh, a lovely man called Matt, who you'll hear next week, who we couldn't stop um, asking questions of. So we actually had him for a whole hour. And and Matt's um, PhD thesis is, is very interesting so I won't give away too much and then we have my um, dear colleague Carlo who will be talking about um, brain health from that injury point of view so all those kids who play rugby soccer um, do jiu-jitsu or simply have head knocks and whiplash Carlo will have a lot to bring to that episode we've got a lovely man Dr Bill Johnston who was um, featured in our last episode of season two and he was talking on breath work and airways. So he's an ENT surgeon. However, this time he'll talk about children, um, mouth breathing and sleep. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Then my lovely friend, Anna Weaving, who will talk to us about voice and singing, probably. We'll see what <laughs> Anna comes. Anna's always full of surprises. So we'll see what Anna brings to us. And we've got the lovely Jules Preston again, our psychologist. And her next topic would be very interesting. And I think um, we'll all benefit from hearing Jules speak. Then uh, Michelle, who is um, the elite swimming coach, Michelle has something that she needs to get off her chest, so we'll hear Michelle tell us about that next time. Then of course a lovely charity, and she'll talk this time upon uh, sports nutrition and elite athletes and, and how to feed us, mm. um, them I should say. <laughs> and then, uh, then we've got a very unusual guest called Alex. Alex Trikulia is our sex therapist, so stay tuned um, for Alex. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look forward to um, this next season because a lot of these people will put um, a big smile on your face. But also, I think you'll come away um, having quite a lot of food for thought, good food, healthy food for thought, that is. Yeah, and I think that all beautifully ties back to exactly what you said at the beginning of that, Lily. It's where, you know, empowering you guys and helping you guys think for yourselves and think well. Um, so we're not telling you what to think, we're just giving you the resources to then think for yourselves. Um, and I feel like that's how season three is shaping up. We have some amazing episodes and amazing guests coming up. And I'm really excited to give that sort of very well-rounded approach to living well. You know, it's not just about um, eating right and moving well, but it's about thinking right. And we're going to have Alex, as you said, coming in and, and talking to us a little bit about um, what she does as a sex therapist. And we've had Matt, obviously, um, and without giving too much away, he gives some really great perspectives on how we view life, really. So I think it's really exciting. I think it's a very well-rounded um, season. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited for the episodes to start releasing and um, for me to even listen back to them and um, benefit from them, which is exciting. So just as um, it, this comes off the back of our election that just has happened, and I've been seeing banners around um, spruiking the words modern healthcare. So I guess I would really like to see the platform begin regarding modern healthcare 
including a lot of these strategies that we've talked about in the first two seasons. So we would love government to spend a bit more money on prevention rather than crisis. So, I mean, crisis is always very glamorous. It's always a flashing light somewhere and an urgent um, you know, series of events. However, we as chiropractors would like to see people never have to end up in an ambulance if possible, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, my kids have, you know, but that's because I pushed mm-hmm. them off um, a wall, but never mind. Um, but so, Sarah, you're going to share with us a lovely case study. I am. Yes. I am. And before I do so, Lily, I'm just going to throw you under the bus a little bit here. Do you want to maybe just pre-frame it? Because I'm going to talk a little bit more about, from a chiropractic sense, what I do or what we do um, and how that ties into this particular case that I'm going to share. But do you kind of want to just recap for our listeners, the, I guess, the simple, in a simple form, what the philosophy of chiropractic is or what chiropractic is for those that might be joining us fresh for season three? Mm, okay, so we're going to make it really simple and um, user-friendly. So we did introduce the word homeostasis quite a while ago. And homeostasis just means that really beautiful equilibrium state where where we feel um, healthy, everything is working well, and we're in chill and digest rather than fight or flight. Now where chiropractic comes in is actually very simple. We're very structural people. So there's been a lot of research regarding feedback to the brain and what we call subluxations or distortions in the human body. So you know yourself, if you have a pain somewhere in your body, your brain doesn't feel happy either. So pain the body, pain the brain, this sort of goes back and forth and so on. So very simplistically, when you come to see a chiropractor, we actually come to see, we actually look to see how you are put together and whether we can help you influence the feeling in your body so the feeling in your brain is also happier. Yeah. So it's very simple. Love that. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Mm. But I think it just sort of pre-frames everything and puts people in that mind frame. Um, So I'm going to chat about a a case that I see a lot. So obviously you guys know I'm a chiropractor, but I have a particular interest in women's health. I I love treating female patients. um, And with that obviously comes an understanding and um, I've done some further education in um, hormones, um, cycling women, the reproductive years of a, of a female, but also the, the other ends of that. So prepubescent, puberty, and then obviously into uh, perimenopause and menopause as well. But the case I'm going to give um, for you guys, or I'm going to talk over today is, I guess, a, a, a classic case. It's no one patient that's come into me like this, but it's a bit of a, a mixture of a whole bunch. Um, and I guess it's a classic case that I'm seeing a lot of that um, I wanted to chat about. So um, this patient, we're going to go with, a her, she's a female, um, obviously, um, and she is in her early 20s and she's a student studying. And so typically she might come in with some thoracic pain, which is that upper back pain, um, and often referring up into the neck or even into the head and, and um, might be accompanied by some headaches. It's a pretty classic picture. We see it in a lot of our students. Um, with that, as we sort of start to unpack that for her, um, I'm asking, or I'm always asking a lot about female cycle and what that's doing. Um, and in our previous episodes, we did one with Dr. Andrea Huddleston, and she spoke to us about um, a, a cycle, your period, a female's period being her fifth vital sign, but it also being a really good reflection of like your health report card for the month prior. So I'm always asking my female patients about what their cycles are like, what their previous period was like leading up to that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm finding a lot at the moment or with some of my female patients the, the very typical picture is that um, she might have an element of fatigue, there might be an element of mood changes prior to her period and post um, period or as the bleed starts. So she might be a lot more irritable as her period is arriving. And then as the bleed starts, she's a little bit more sensitive, quite emotional about things that usually wouldn't trigger her. 
a lot of that is then accompanied with a whole host of different um, what I call cycle symptoms. So she might get the classic period cramping. She might get some of that tension or pain in her low back. She might also get any bloating or possible changes to bowel and bladder habits as well, depending on um, how she's put together structurally, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and often patients will say to me, oh, that's just sort of my normal or my cramps are a lot worse this time around. Um, and the first thing I like to like my patients to understand is that no symptom in their period is normal. Um, and they all, as you sort of said, Lily, there with the brain, it's your body's way of telling you something. And so I like to sort of ask and go through these with my patients. And one of the first things or how my mind works is I go through the five S's of hormonal imbalances. Um, and the five, just to recap for you, the five, the five S's are spinal position, stress, sleep, sugar, and synthetic hormones. And all of these play a part in our body, female or male, um, or any age, but I'm gonna sort of apply them to this particular female patient that I just discussed with you. And I'm mainly gonna touch on spinal position, um, and that's because I think these five S's deserve a whole episode on their own. There's a huge sort of, you could go into each and every one of these components quite deep. Um, so we will, we will deliver that at some point down, down the track, um, maybe in season four. Um, but I'm going to touch on spinal position because obviously as a chiropractor, this is, this is my big realm and this is where I come in. So what I want you to imagine is your pelvis. It's a circular structure. And so if you put your hands together with your thumbs at the back and your fingers at the front and then just separate them slightly, you're going to imagine this is your pelvis and the whole, the circle in the middle of that your two hands are making is your pelvic inlet and your reproductive organs sit within that inlet. So your uterus, your fallopian tubes and your ovaries, if we just think about that for a second sit within that inlet. So when I'm assessing a patient structurally and I'm having a look at how their body is structurally put together, one of the first things I'm gonna look at and have a feel is their pelvis. And if their pelvis, if you imagine, is tilted forward, so if you've got that shape with your hands, again, your thumbs are at the back, your fingers are at the front, and just separate them slightly and then tilt it to the front or tilt it forward so your thumbs rise up, you can imagine everything sitting in that pelvic inlet that we just spoke about is gonna also be distorted. So as that pelvic alignment shifts, as does the function and the um, structure of the organs sitting within it. So that's one of the big things that I look at um, or that I like to assess first and foremost in some of these female patients. And from there, we can kind of have a look at the sacrum, which is at the back of the pelvis and those lumbar joints um, coming up. And what we know, and from a, again, a very chiropractic standpoint, is the nerves within that area, so particularly around the sacral area, also supply those reproductive organs. So any sort of subluxations or misalignments or distortions in the spine in these areas is gonna have a direct effect on um, our reproductive organs. And that could be, that could present in a whole host of ways. It could simply present um, with some of these period um, symptoms or these cycle symptoms, like I said before, some of those cramping or mood changes or irritability, bloating as well. Um, but it also down the track or you know at some point can affect um, fertility as well. So we know that if those nerves aren't functioning, if that blood's not getting to the uterus, which then supplies the ovaries, we aren't going to be ovulating well, or we aren't going to be ovulating quality eggs. Um, and that can obviously then affect our reproduction. It can affect the quality of our cycle, both in terms of a cycle happening, so having a regular cycle, but also in terms of um, how long that cycle lasts for. Um, in terms of both the bleed and in terms of the length between cycles, but also how heavy it is, how light it is, and how you experience that cycle. So I guess that's just a bit of a insight into as a chiropractor, why we like to look at the pelvis and what we're assessing in that area when we're talking about a female with um, some hormonal, hormonal overlay in their case study. 
Um, so that's a really classic case that I'm seeing at the moment. Um, and obviously when they're coming in with that tension and stress in the um, upper back and into the neck, that's another one of my five S's. So of course that's gonna play a part. Stress is gonna play a huge part in how our body works and functions. Um, and our cycle can be one of those things that it definitely affects. Um, and how long do you feel it is before um, someone would notice a difference? It's, it's different for a lot of things, for a lot of reasons. Um, each patient um, is different, but usually when it's in this, when I'm working with this age group, so if it, you know, young 20s, if we refer back to this case, it's usually pretty quick. Um, you know, I like to sort of have them adjusted a few times quite quickly and quite close together to really sort of just reiterate that message back to the brain um, as well, like you sort of mentioned before, Lily. So I like to sort of do a chunk of adjustments, maybe four to six adjustments in about a three week period to really start to make a change and a difference with that patient. But of course, that's going to be different for every patient. Um, and we assess that patient each time they come in and we go through a whole host of different things depending on their case. Um, but I like to sort of work in that sort of yeah three weeks initially to start to see some change. And with their cycle itself, I like to work on a three month cycle. So three cycles to really start to see a difference in their symptom symptoms, um, but also in the quality of their period. And that's quite of their quick cycle. really, isn't it? It yeah, is really yeah. quick. Yeah, it is. And obviously there's a whole host of different elements that are gonna contribute to that, contribute to the success that patient has or the difference that they feel. Um, but I like to work in those chunks of three. Three seems to be a really great number. So three weeks to initially start getting the ball rolling, but cycles of three. So in that th first three month cycle. And then what happens to with those other four S's? Do you have um, people who you refer them to? Or? Definitely, yeah. exactly. So that's kind of why I was like, you know, I want to mm. talk about the spinal yeah. side because that's really yep. where we can come in. Um, we've got the beautiful charity who we refer to a lot, um, who you've heard on the podcast and will hear again, um, who is fantastic at dealing with these women in terms of their dietary and nourishment requirements. Um, and then, as I said, one of my five S's is sugar. So that comes into that as well. We've got some wonderful naturopaths that I also um, refer to as well, because supplementing can be a really wonderful tool with working with women as well. So we do some of that as well. Um, and then obviously when we get stuck talking into their synthetic hormones and stuff, I, I like to refer to acupuncturists as well. Um, and where necessary, obviously they're medical doctors as well, if need be. Mm. Um, okay. It could be an interesting discussion later on in this season with, um, with Alex Traculia regarding, yes. um, our sex therapist, because one of the big things that women, um, are concerned about, of course, is contraception. Yes. And the pill is such a widely used, uh, medication really, isn't it? So. It is. And it's. It, it's a very interesting topic, the pill, and I think I'd love to yeah chat with Alex about this and, and her thoughts around this because um we're seeing a lot, or what I'm seeing a lot with these patients is they're not wanting to be on the pill anymore either, but aren't either educated around it or aren't really sure what to do or they're really scared about it as well. So there's a whole, you know... Mm, and maybe Dr. Andrea there. next time for uh, an HRT um, yes. and a, yeah. you know, pill discussion. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think that would yeah. be a really interesting deep dive and... Once again, controversial, but yeah. probably worth having. Yeah, definitely. Just for future health, once again, because yeah. once again, you know, we're talking about not ending up in hospital with all kinds of yeah. um, high-end medical problems. Yeah. But to not get there, we have to sort of live differently when we're five years old or ten years old. You know, it takes a long time to, to start does. all this process. It does. And yeah. one of the most profound things that Dr. Andrea taught me um, when I did one of her courses was that it takes ten years from the onset of puberty for our hormones to, I guess, settle within the body. So for our body to be able to recognize them and see it as a very 
rhythmic thing, I guess. Mm. Um, and 10 years is huge. You think about that, you know. It is. And it sort of um, segues back a little bit into what Matt was saying to us last week at our interview uh, regarding reproduction. Yeah, and the exactly. human And the human desire or lack thereof to, to reproduce, reproduce. And the timing of it. Yeah. So it's a really... Anyway, when you hear Matt next week, you'll, you'll see what we mean. It was yeah. quite an unusual discussion. It was. And then that ties back, you know, if, if you... A lot of our females are getting put on contraception quite early in mm. the piece. So they might get their period at, say, 14, and by 18, they're on the pill. Mm. Um, that's only a four-year window for your hormones to balance and normalise within your body. Um, and so for the other six years of that 10-year window, we're on a contraceptive... Um, pill roller coaster device, yeah um and going through that synthetic hormone roller coaster is a perfect word so it's very interesting um this is definitely a, an interest area of mine um and definitely where i feel like as a chiropractor i can um have a part to play in a female's hormonal journey mm. yeah and also um without giving too much away once again um we were looking back into one's life when we were talking to Matt, you know, it was, it was actually really weirdly enough about dying, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. It was, so, yeah. But it was actually about living. Yes. So anyway, I, I know it sounds really abstract, but then next week when you hear it, you just go, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what they were talking about, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've got a quick little case study. It's regarding autoimmunity, which mm. I feel is quite a mood point these days, it isn't is. it? Because yes. our, our immune systems are so messed around by all kinds of things. Like any, any toxin you want to name, you know, we've been exposed to. I think there are about 143 million um, person-made toxins that we are exposed to through our wow. lives. So, I mean, this is not just um, things that you put on your skin or things that you um, swallow. It's just environmentally, you yeah. know? So, I mean, our immune systems are being messed up just by getting out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. being in bed, who being knows? <laughs> So this patient had um, a lot of fatigue. She was in her late 40s. She'd had three kids, um, probably all in their late teens. And she went to have a blood test from the medical doctor. And she got a diagnosis of um, Hashimoto's disease, so which is um, a thyroid um, hypofunction. Anyway, as most doctors will say, um, here's some thyroxine. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she also had shown up um, what are called anti-nuclear antibodies in her bloodstream. So they're called ANAs for short, and she also had a rheumatoid factor, so she was experiencing some inflamed joints and so on. So by this time, the medics have got a long list of things they can recommend to you. So besides thyroxine, you know, here's some cortisone or plaquenil or methotrexate, you know, for rheumatoid mm. arthritis. The list actually does go on a fair bit. So she wasn't quite happy with this, so she took her blood test to a, um, let's say, integrative medical doctor who these days aren't allowed to call themselves that for whatever reason but anyway this is back in about 2010 yeah so things were quite different then yeah anyway this person went on to um, a different diet she took some herbs she had acupuncture um, she'd also been under a lot of stress because her her last parent died and I think one of her kids was having some trouble at school so it was actually a lot of different things happening in her life and she was eating really badly as well so the person took on this different method of doing things mm. and um, after three months she went back to her medical doctor to have another blood test and um, the thyroid levels were fine, you know. Um, interestingly enough, um, TSH levels were back to normal. She was still showing some high levels of ANAs. Um, rheumatoid factor was still high. But anyway, being a stubborn patient, 
um, she just continued on her, her merry way and did things without taking the um, medical drugs. And some 10 years later, so this is, you know, talk about patience in mm. 10 years. It's a nice round number, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Logarithmic. So now her blood tests are completely normal, within normal wow. limits. So I know this stuff works because this person's actually me. Yeah, me. <laughs> so it's, it's a really weird thing. I don't know whether this is going to work for many people or anybody else. But I suppose um, several years ago, I went to a research symposium and the guy talking there was all about um, randomized double blind studies of X, Y and Z, uh, evidence based cases and so on and so forth. But the conference did end with him saying that the reason why people conduct research in the first place is because of one or two anecdotal cases. Mm. So his advice to all of us practitioners was to keep good notes on case studies because mm. they will actually add to the next lot of um, research, research that needs to be done. So I know what I've just said to you is rather anecdotal, mm. but um, we do know today there are a lot of people um, in various um, medical specialties or scientific specialties doing research in, in what we've just talked about. Yeah. In our past two episodes, we have discussed things like, uh, seasons we've have discussed things like um, inflammation. Yeah. Now that is today a buzzword when yeah. you say yes, yes definitely. So, mm. yeah so anyway I just thought I'd throw that in mm. so that um we can set up the next several episodes yeah I love that um and I, all of that comes all the way back to just taking you know a stance for your own health um for all of us um and it's about learning how to think not being told what to think um which I think yeah join that with the idea of living well um, really sums up what this season is going to be about and um I don't know about you Lily but I'm really excited for everyone to um, here some of the episodes we've already recorded, so definitely with Matt as well, um, but to continue recording some amazing episodes to be released this season. Mm. And I want to say thank you to Sarah, um, this lovely co-host, because I really feel that through life you need to have some uh, people to travel through life with. And look, young people, God, they're worth their weight in gold, aren't they, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know, are we? <laughs> I no. think so. Well, well likewise, Liliana, yeah. thank you. This, um, I love doing this episode with you, but I also love, you know, we get to work together and we do so much in life together, so it's a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.